FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Combo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Buongiorno. Ciao. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. It's actually afternoon here. It is. And it is so warm. Yes. Tomorrow is a public holiday. Not while you're listening to this. I know this is time, but we've recorded this before. Tomorrow is a public holiday. (laughs) And I'm going, I want to go to the beach. Oh, do it. But the beach is so far away. Well, um, on our first day out of lockdown, I didn't care how far the beach was. I hadn't been to the beach in months. I saw, I saw on your yeah, social media. Yeah, there was a 5am wake up involved <laughs> and boy, did I get in my car and love every Wh- second Which beach? Williamstown Beach. Williamstown. Okay, I've never been and I'm not too far. We're not... Um, do it. It's very gorgeous. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Yes. I love the ocean. I was brought up on the ocean, spent months at sea every every summer on Just a boat. Just by virtue of... Being born <laughs> yeah. in Malta and living on an island, you no, were I lived. Up. I lived on a boat for a few no months way. a year. Yes, my dad always. We were brought up um, on on a yacht, like in a sailing yacht, and we'd sail across the Mediterranean. So we'd wake up morning. Oh, let's go to Sicily. Oh, let's sail Get towards out Greece. Of town. <laughs> That's How the advantage. Good is that? I know it's such a hard life. It's not being kid. Me. I can't. I'm trying to picture you like long hair. No, kid. not really. No, but it would. There were tough times. Like there were times we got stuck in storms and it, in the middle of the ocean, not, nothing, and just some beautiful moments: dolphins and swordfish wow. and sharks and. Anyway, well, I grew up in uh, just a normal suburb in Melbourne. <laughs> Not as exciting, but Did you, but for example, I can swim in the middle of the open ocean and not think twice about it, um, like the like black ocean, like where there's nothing. But if you ask me to go and get a sleeping bag and to go and and sleep in the bush. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Well, I feel like there would be probably a billion other people who would agree with you because <laughs> Australia just has this rep for being yeah. just this full of poisonous anythings and dangerous everythings. So. Yeah, but it's not as dangerous as they think, especially as uh, um, our beautiful American listeners often think. Oh, yeah. As it is it's publicized. Safe. It is very, very safe. I've lived here, what, 16 years, 15 years, and I've never seen a snake in the wild. I've seen worms <laughs> in, my, in my garden. I've seen spiders, a lot of poisonous <laughs> spiders, even here. I live by myself and last night there was a spider encounter and I yes. thought, come on, Justine, be the adult that you are. So I got my fly spray <laughs> and I sprayed for like five minutes straight on this tiny spider. So I had victory. a red bag in, in the trunk, in the boot of my car. So red bags, for the record, they're, they're poisonous. Black widows, the same type of thing anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they're the most poisonous. I Come think. Come to too. Australia. <laughs> Black widows are in America too. <laughs> okay, we digress. Yeah, <laughs> well. well, I think we're trying to digress from th- this week because it is a really difficult scripture. Yes, I I messaged you today and I said, "Oh my gosh, this is a hard one." <laughs> and then I was, "Nah, don't worry." I looked at it and then I went to my usual commentator and my commentator actually left it out <laughs> like the the four verses. <laughs> Left it out. What a you coward. Couldn't, you couldn't even cheat. What Whereas I I read the difficult commentaries and was still confused. But, yeah. so. but we have some insights. But Lord Jesus, just inspire us. Amen. Let us let us be your witness 
So let's read through the scripture. This Sunday gospel is taken from Mark 13, 24 to 32. It's um, about two things. Please, as we read this gospel, think about two things. About one, the coming of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, but also the end of the world. Scary or maybe not so scary. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days after the time of distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will lose its brightness, the stars will come falling from heaven and the powers in heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then too he will send the angels to gather his chosen from the four winds from the ends of the world to the ends of the heaven. Take the fig tree as a parable. As soon as its twigs grow supple and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. So with you, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the very gates. I tell you solemnly, before this generation has passed away, all these things will have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But as for that day or hour, nobody knows it, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, no one but the Father. So I think this is quite interesting that Jesus here is talking about two things. And I think it's important that we keep, we keep this in mind because many people, especially early scholars, used to say, hey, this can't be true. Jesus was wrong because he said nothing, we won't die, basically. This won't pass away. Um, heaven and death will pass away. Um, I tell you solemnly, before this generation, obviously the generation of Jesus, mm-hmm. has, passes away, has passed away, all these things will have taken place. Now, you see, Jesus at this point, in this sentence, in this context, was not talking about the end days. In the first part, he was, but in, in this part, he's talking, he's saying, he was talking about the destruction of the temple, religion, so to speak, as we know it. Mm-hmm. And because in AD 70, what happened was, after Jesus died, AD, Jesus died about AD 33, AD 30, around there anyway, and AD 70, there was the destruction of the temple. So the, the most holy, the most precious, the most sacred place for Jews and even Christians became, was destroyed. And so the Jewish religion, as they knew it, ended up in an, another diaspora and scattered again. So uh, this is what Jesus was talking about here. But let's, let's go to the first part about the second coming of Jesus, which is scary. It's scary with the thunder, the lightning, the dark. But I, it would be interesting to understand it in its context. Totally. And I don't know why you're looking at me. Just say, just say something. <laughs> uh, I think um, just seasonally, like I, I suppose I'm going to hop in and out of the scripture. So at this point, I'm hopping out of the scripture just to say that at, at this point in, in the life of our church, it's quite apt that this is the scripture we read because we're about to end our ordinary time and enter into a season of Advent. And if you think about the season of Advent, really, that's about the first coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about a time of um, preparation, a time of um that's marked by this urgent anticipation, this longing for fulfillment that I think is really reflected in this scripture. As scary as this scripture can can sound upon first glance, if you just skim the surface of it, mm. you will probably just sort of feel or hear the fear, but it's drawing us to this deeper truth that um, that, that Jesus is coming. And so I think that 
there is a little bit of a connection with with this season that we're in now and what we're going into. So that's me out of the scripture and now we can jump back in the pool while Gozo comes and says hello. <laughs> the dog just arrived and I just didn't want her to scream. <laughs> maybe maybe Gozo has some thoughts that are probably more insightful than mine. <laughs> but, but seriously, like this is... First of all, we need to understand that the time, the end time will come. The world will come to an end. Jesus said it, I believe it. That settles it, okay? So the end times will come. But I want to say this. Don't be afraid. Don't look at it with an aspect of fear. But it is a hopeful event. It's going to be a surprise because Jesus said over and over, it will be like a thief in the night. Nobody knows when the, when the, the groom is coming. Nobody knows the day or the hour except the Father who is in heaven. So not even the Son, not even Jesus knew. But Jesus knows everything. But the Father chose as well not to reveal that to the Son. And so even the son didn't, doesn't know the time. And so I think it's so important for us not to overread into this and to read the signs of the times, yes, but not to fool ourselves in thinking that we know when the end is coming because Jesus said it will be like a thief in the night. But it's going to be a surprise. That's what we know. But it's either going to be a good surprise or a bad surprise. <laughs> I hope it's the first one. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> I think you're spot on. I think if anything... Um, what really struck me is that I, I don't think Jesus said this to instill fear into Not at us. All. He, he didn't, and he doesn't want us to. Um you know, instill, instill fear in the way that we relate to him. This was not supposed to you know, create a, a chasm between us and him or for him to lord over us with fear. You know, in 1 John four eighteen, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. So that can't be the purpose of it. I think Jesus is telling us this because he loves us. Exactly. He, he loves us because it's the truth and he speaks it with love because he, he cast a future for for salvation for all of eternity. And and we can't just, you know, grab this scripture and read it in isolation from everything else. Because if we do, we'll mislead ourselves. It has to be read in the context of everything else we read in scripture, of all of Jesus' promises preceding and, and following this. And I think if there's one thing I'm sure of, he says this because he's trying to convince us that we need to be vigilant. Yes. This isn't just a free pass in this life of a, the get-out-of-jail-free card in, in, in Monopoly. We need to be prepared. And really, that should be the way we just live every day because we are Christians, not because there is going to be the end of the world or we need to prepare for the second coming, but because we are Christians, that's how we should be living, prepared, exactly. ready to, to, to live this full life. It's interesting that um, the word for the end, the Catholic Church uses the, the, the word for the end times is parousia or parousia. This is a, a Greek word. Um, and if you look it up in the English dictionary, parousia, you'll, you'll see the end days. That's how we define it in English. But actually in Greek, it was never defined as the end days. It was parousia in, in Greek would mean the, the presence, the presence of something. So the parousia of Christ was the presence of Christ. So the end times was a hopeful time where Christ's presence would return. So it was an exciting time where people had walked with Jesus, loved Jesus, trusted Jesus, then saw him go up into the clouds. And so every time they heard the word 
Parousia, the end times, their hearts skipped a beat with joy because they thought, yes, I'm going to see Jesus again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see Jesus again. And so they were excited and they did wait. So many of the apostles did wait mm-hmm. and they thought it was going to happen in their lifetime as every generation thinks it's going to happen in their lifetime. Every, and we'll, we'll talk to, about this a bit later, but every generation has claimed the end times in their generation and have been certain about it and have given their life for it, including St. Paul, including the first apostles. But again, we have to remember that this is like a thief in the night, okay? That Jesus comes, is going to come, and we're not going to recognize him. We're not going to, it's not going to be a pleasant surprise for us if we don't live in the parousia now, the presence of Jesus now. Yes, yes. And I think that um, Hollywood has probably ruined this for us because the way that Hollywood has depicted um, the, end know, times, the end times, the apocalypse. That's yeah. it. It's not full of promise or hope. It's usually accompanied by crashing buildings and crazy things happening. But just that excitement that you, you were speaking of when people first heard this message and believed this message is wonderful. And gosh, like if we live in promise rather than fear, yes. it changes everything because the last thing God wants is for fear to motivate us to love him. Exactly. That, that is not what God wants. The, um, fear shouldn't be the primary motivator. We shouldn't love God because we don't want to go to hell. That's that's not relationship but, with yes. Christ. But be aware that hell is there and we uh, can get there if uh, we don't. 100%, 100%. But, you know, I fell in love with God not because of what I learned about hell. Yes. I fell in love with God because... I, I came to know the truth of who God is. And then you, yes. you you enter into the fullness of the reality of God and then the fullness of the reality of you where you realize, gosh, I'm not perfect. And there is a reality to me being imperfect and, and that affects my relationship with God and um, and with others as well. But um, And it's what, that's how it was with the apostles. They were, it, it was an excitement. It was an exciting moment. But I just want to, the word parousia, the presence, when you, as Catholics, what do we think of the first thing when we think about the presence of Jesus, the real presence of Jesus, the parousia of Jesus? Mm. We think of the Eucharist. the Eucharist, which is the source and the summit of our faith. So every Eucharist is, in a sense, the parousia. It is the second coming of Christ, it is Christ that doesn't reincarnate every time we celebrate the Eucharist. It was once and for all. So we uh, here's where it gets a bit messy. We actually enter into the incarnation. Into the, we go to the place of the Eucharist, to the place of Calvary. Every time we celebrate the Eucharist, Jesus is not sort of. It's separate from the second coming. But what I'm saying here is, if we're comfortable with the parousia of Jesus in the Eucharist and you love being in the, that parousia of Jesus, then you're going to love the parousia of, of the second coming. It's going to be as comfortable, as natural, as wonderful as anything. No fear. Okay, And so this isn't, shouldn't be uh, a fearful moment. But again, nobody knows the day or the hour. It might be tom- tonight, and it, for some it will be a great surprise. For others it will be a horrible, a horrible surprise. But again, we have to remember that it is, it, it is a beautiful and wonderful experience that we get to, to be with Jesus. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner 
from just $5 per month as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com donate. It's time for the mystery box. Oh, the mystery box. It's kind of sad that we're coming to the end of a season of these mystery boxes. I'm not going to lie. Every well, time we open it, it feels like my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've look, I'm going to be honest here. I, uh, I've run out of stuff. <laughs> I feel like we came to that conclusion three weeks ago. <laughs> but I really have run out of stuff this, before you open if it. If there is a cheeseburger in here, I will cry with joy. So <laughs> well, I won't be mad. Wait, wait, wait. Next week, um, actually on the 10th of November, we have a Q&A session. We have a, our final session, which is... Um, it's kind of exciting. It's not yeah. just us sitting at a table. It will be with, a, a with, the, with our ministry partners. How we'll, amazing. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end, but that's our final. We have a, an amazing um, mystery box then. But Ooh. now, <laughs> that has been sent to us from Indonesia, and I don't know what it is, but anyway, thank you to Elisa who has sent that. But... This week, that's a cop out. He only said that. This week, to you're make gonna guess. You're gonna guess what it is. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> wow, this exquisite, exotic. You'll have to explain it to to other people. Item though. is um, a much sought after delicacy here in <laughs> Australia, and we like to pride ourselves on our Tim Tams. Now, if you haven't had a Tim Tam, go online right now and order a pack for yourself. You will not regret it. And um, Google Tim Tam Slam. Totally. So essentially, Tim Tams are our good old Aussie biscuit. Um, there's a layer of chocolate, a layer of biscuit, layer of chocolate cream, and then a layer <laughs> of chocolate at the bottom. You know, you know this too much. Well, You're imagining well, it too, too vividly. Look, I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Yeah. That's great. Well, I can't eat it. What? Why can't you eat it? Can I? You can eat it if you want. Ah, I'll sacrifice. I suppose. It. Yeah, no, can you I can. Eat. No, that was for you. No, you can have it. We're not going to put that in the box. This is the best episode <laughs> ever. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. No biggie. We skipped out. Saint me a picture. Oh, we did. <laughs> We just thought we'd spice things up. Well, wait, hold on. Well, let's do the... Uh, what are we going to do? Rewind. Okay, let's go to first, um, to the saint. Three, two, one. It's time for saint me a picture. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to blame it on the change of seasons. It's warm. We don't know how to handle it. We've gone a bit crazy, but... And this isn't even a saint. I know. We're going to look really silly. When I um, was reading over the notes for this episode, I thought... Hang on a second. What's today, Saint? It's actually commemorating the dedication of the Lateran Basilica, i.e. not a saint. No. But I wrote it off too quickly because as I dug a little deeper as to the significance, I thought, oh, it's got to be significant. If Father Rob put it in there, it means <laughs> something. It's incredible. It's an incredible... Um, feast. Yeah, it really so is. It's a big feast day. It is, it is the feast of... The the oldest and the highest ranking of all four basilicas. Now I don't know what the four are. I know that there are two. <laughs> I know two of the four. <laughs> but it makes you sound really smart. Yeah, when you say I have said that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, do you know it is more important than 
St. Peter's. Now, those of you who have been to Rome probably might have actually been to St. Peter's Basilica, but never been to the Lateran. But they actually, the Lateran Basilica is the, the place where there is the, the Bishop of Rome's seat. Wow, a long way to walk to get your seat. <laughs> <laughs> I said that joke already. <laughs> is, so that means that his, it is the cathedral. It is the cathedral of Rome. So it is the Pope's cathedral. So it is the place, it's the most important church in all of Rome. And Rome is the head, is the most important city, so to speak, the Vatican of our church, um, uh, Christentum, Christentum, Christentum. Keep trying. (laughs) I don't know. Tell us a little bit more about that. All right, but the reason why this particular church is so important is because it was originally built in the 4th century by Constantine the Great. He was a Roman emperor, um, and he is the one who made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. Before it was a cult, that is what people were actually killed. Christians were killed. Yes. Killed. Yes, <laughs> they were killed for it. So this is very, very significant. We can just walk into churches and practice our faith here in Australia, at least praise God so freely. But for these people, that was out of the question. So for the first time ever, the building of this um, basilica, or the conversion of, of what was, I think, originally a palace mm-hmm. into... It was, it was a, a huge, the most prestigious palace. It was at the center of everything, it, uh, owned by the Laterani family. Uh-huh. And that's why it's called St. John, which is dedicated to St. John the Baptist, Laterani. There you go. So yeah. it was converted and it gave Christians of Rome an exclusive place to worship for the first time. So the reason why we honor this day and we celebrate it as a feast, and you might think it's weird, but but the reason is important. It's because it's to encourage us to um, stay strong to our ties of, of the past. You know, the building of um, this Lateran sort of basilica marks the religious freedom, you know, yes. f- that we experience for the first time as, as Christians and Catholics. They could worship without fear. Um, and they could have a church of their own after that time of persecution. So you can only imagine the joy and the freedom that came with this place. It wasn't just the building. It was about the freedom that they experienced. It symbolized what Christianity was, that it was becoming um, a place where they could freely worship Jesus. But you, did you know also that this was the place where every single Christian was baptized at the time? So if you were to be baptized, you had to pilgrim to the Lateran University, not university, there's a university there, is it? The Lateran Basilica. So that's the place where every single Christian in Christentum was. I'm sorry. One more time. Yeah, Christentum. Christentum. I don't Christendom? I actually, I, Christendom. That's yeah. the word. Sorry. I, I seriously. I don't no, it's okay. It's your one stuff up for the whole season. We'll let you have it. But it was the place where they had to be baptized. So every Christian at the time could say, hey, we were all baptized in the same place. How crazy is that? I mean, I'm so grateful that we can be baptized in our local areas but how i feel like the significance of your baptism you know would would in a sense increase with that sense of pilgrimage but we should have that same sense of pilgrimage yes on earth anyway. so you can imagine that everyone wanted to celebrate that church everyone was connected to that parish yeah. that that cathedral but and then in 1565 the pope decided for it to become a world celebration that all the world was to be was to celebrate the dedication of the Lateran Basilica. Mm-hmm. Why? Why didn't they just leave it for Rome? There was a significance there. Tell us, Father. <laughs> you, you always know. look to me with these eyes. But you on. know, you know, it oh. was to, to show a connection that the rest of the world was connected 
to the seat of St. Peter and also to Rome, that we are one holy Roman Catholic and apostolic church. So it was when we celebrate the Lateran Basilica, we're celebrating a number of, a number of things. One is our connection to Rome, our connection to the seat of St. Peter, but also that, the, as, as Pope Benedict talked about, the, that the church, the basilica, is a manifestation of the spiritual temple, the spiritual mother that is the church, and that we are, we are called to build. We're called to build that church. One, the temple that is our bodies, the temple that is us, but also the church that is our, within our local community. That, um, so the church, the manifest, the physical church is also very important. So that feast is on November 9? November 9. Okay, I'm not going to play the... <laughs> but uh, I'll play this. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. Topic of the week. I did play it. (laughs) Round two. I'm just glad to be safe and sound. What is our topic? (laughs) Our topic of the week is, as I said, no biggie. Father Rob, is it the end of the world? Is it the end of the world? Yes? No? Who knows? You say yes, I say no. I don't no. know. Well, I well, I say it doesn't matter. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll explain. You Please see, do. through all of history, everyone thought, every generation has thought that it was the end of the world, according to the scripture. Okay, so the scripture defines that the end of the world. Ca- the, the world coming to an end in this way. It's saying that in those days after a time of distress, so distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will lose its brightness, the stars will come falling from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. First of all, this was taken uh, the very first time was the time of the crucifixion. That's exactly what is defined. The clouds, the thunder, the lightning, graves were opened. It was the it's considered the end days for for many. Okay, th- I'm not here to discount this, but this is again keeping in mind that Jesus says nobody knows the day or the hour. St. Paul. St. Paul thought it was the end. In fact, he told all his apostles, he told all his, his followers and all his community to stop working. And they stopped working. But then they say eventually, after a couple of years, they realized, wait, hold on. Um, we don't have work. We don't have money. <laughs> a little bit awkward. Awkward, exactly. So he started making tents again. And he started, and then he goes to like talking about a worker deserves their pay. And he, so he, they start working again and they start um, realizing that actually we don't know the day or the hour. The time of Constantine as well. People were selling their houses, had nowhere to live, and they were giving money to the church. They were giving money. And they're thinking, it's the end of days. I want to invest in the kingdom of heaven. Then they start to realize, wait, hold on. It's been a year and a half, and I've been homeless, you know? What am I going to do? And so they started to realize, well, maybe it isn't the end days. Mm -hmm. But it also happened later, just the First World War, Second World War. 
people thought it was the end of days. It was exactly as the scripture says in those days after <clears throat> the time of distress, the sun will be darkened by the bombs. You know, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and all of these, the, the moon will lose its brightness, the stars will come down. The Cold War, you see, when this is, John Paul II said that this was the end days during the Cold War. With the bombs, the stars coming from the heaven, the, the missiles and, and, and all the bombs and all, all, the, all the gunshots. And the, world will be, and the powers will be shaken, yes. But it was also, I remember in Malta, we had the refugees coming from Kosovo. Again, we all thought it was the end days because it looked like the end days. The pandemic now, everyone's talking about the end days, that it is earthquakes, rumors of war, war, and the, st- the darkened of the clouds. And Yes, I'm not saying it isn't, but... Who are we when Jesus himself told us that we don't know the day or the hour mm. to try and qualify, quantify? And it is the point is be ready, be ready, whether it happens now or not. If you know, if, if I'm ready for the end of my world, I'll be ready for the end of the world. Okay, so I have to be ready, always ready. For, for the second coming of Jesus. And, and like we said earlier, that should really mark our lives as Christians anyway. We know that we're not created for this earth and the invitation to be a Christian is to live a full life, not for here, but for the glory of God. And, and as you said, there are so you could YouTube the end of the world and you'll get five million different conspiracy yes. theories. And, and I think when it comes to discussing this question, is it the end of the world? You're going to get you know, anywhere on this spectrum from one extreme to the other. And I know that there's even a population of Christians out there in the world who have kind of been led astray and become really fixated with these these theories and over-interpreting and overthinking like what's going on in the world and kind of watching endlessly those YouTube clips or reading the blogs and putting their own stuff into the world. So much so that you get so fixated on this thing called the end times that you actually forget to live today. Like Jesus never once told us to become obsessed with that. We should be, in a sense, obsessed with Jesus. We should That's be right. fully focused on him and the hope of, of the promise of his call today. Yes, aware that, you know, we're not perfect, but, you know, ready ready to live for him. And then you have people on the other end of the spectrum who think, well, you know, since the time's unknown, it could be 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now, I'm good. Yes. We're good. She good. We just do whatever we want take it easy, don't take it too seriously. But that's not what, even in today's gospel, that's no. not what it's inviting do, us to. Do not be mistaken that the end time will happen, okay? This, the parousia, the second coming, the apocalypse, call it whatever you like, it is going to happen because Jesus said it's going to happen. Mm. But Jesus also said that nobody knows the day or the hour. And this is going to happen but at the end, God will triumph. Jesus will triumph. Jesus is going to have the last say. So be hopeful. Be excited for the coming of Jesus. Now, if you're not ready and you don't have, again, these parousia moments with God, if you don't recognize Jesus now, you're not, you're going, not going to recognize Jesus at the end. So make sure you're in relationship with him, that you love him, and that you start preparing. How do we prepare? How do we prepare? <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> well, we need to we need to pray. Okay, that's number one. I was I gonna say that. I just get really nervous when you point a direct question at me. I think, gosh, like, where's okay. my million dollar answer? <laughs> and it, yeah, I think we just need to pray. We need to keep close to Jesus. Get your rosary beads out. Pray, pray. That's a great weapon of and to for for the fight of holiness. 
Do penance. Go to confession. Make sure that there's no mortal sin in your life. Be ready always. And always live each day that this might be your last. But not in the sadness or desperation, but living in, in a holiness that am I ready for heaven today? And you need to pray. You need to fast and be a saint. Be a saint. Okay, but doesn't but live the current moment as though it's your uh, the most amazing day of your life. But always live it with Jesus and in Jesus. Totally, and I think Saint Teresa of Calcutta she put it perfectly. I think she was the original. I don't want to date myself here and seem really <laughs> uncool, but she was the original um, YOLO. Like in her quote, "Yesterday is gone, tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin today." Mm. Today, in this moment that you do have, don't think about what you don't have, in this moment that you do have, what is Jesus calling you to? How will you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul and your neighbor as yourself? That's the greatest commandment and that's all we've got to focus on for today. Exactly. And it's about falling in love with Jesus and letting Jesus make you ready for your your end, the end of your world and the end of the world. Okay, it's just fall in love with Jesus. So thank you for joining us for this podcast. We were blessed. This is the penultimate um, podcast. The next one is going to be a Q&A session with our listeners, with our ministry partners. So if you want to join this live Q&A session. How exciting. This is on the 10th, 10th of November. And it's for ministry partners only. So go to frgministry.com forward slash ministry partner. And you can join us over there. Also, it, once we've recorded the Q&A session, we'll play it for you again on this podcast session. But you join, can join us live on Zoom. Also, stay in touch, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. We'd love to hear from you, your feedback. Please give us reviews. We need your reviews. Also, check out um, the podcast, the homilies, um, my homilies, Father Rob Gallia homilies, as, um, is, which is the sister podcast to this shorter version of this um, podcast. Fantastic. And go and buy yourself a pack of Tim Tams. You deserve it. You won't regret it. God bless. (laughs) See you later.